Welcome to the United by Strength podcast. Hard work knows no gender, race, sexuality, or creed. It is the universal building block upon which successful tribes are built. Here, you will learn from powerlifting coaches, gymnastics coaches, CrossFit coaches, nutrition coaches, and strongman coaches. We collaborate and share best practices and want to bring our experience and continuing education to you. All right, everybody. I am here. My name is Grant, and I am with Chanel and Brandon, both coaches at our facility here. And we're here to talk today about programming. Uh, One of our other head coaches, Callie, was going to be here with us today. She is sick, though, but we're going to do a second part, uh, at least to this, and uh, have her on for that. So you'll get to hear multiple perspectives on this, which is uh, a great opportunity. So the theme today is programming. The reason we are doing this episode is because uh, the facility we are at is we just decided to switch to personalized uh Programming, meaning when I mean when I say personalized, I mean we are switching to in-house programming rather. Um, so the coaches here are now writing the programming for the athletes uh, at our gyms. So there's actually three gyms uh, in this community, and uh, it's been interesting getting seeing the initial reactions, both uh, positive and skeptical. And so we wanted to do this episode to address these factors and kind of talk about the whys and methodology behind this and what the goal is going forward. And no doubt many other facilities uh, and coaches out there have or may be experiencing the same thing. So we're hoping that you can take some stuff from this. But I want to give Brandon the opportunity here to introduce kind of the first question and we'll go around. We've got some list of questions here that we want to address and some specific feedback from some of our members that we want to put out there uh, to help people out with this. So introduce that first topic there, Brian. Let's see where we go. Okay. So Grant, why are we doing this? And this isn't like why to like your deepest core as a human being, why are you doing this? <laughs> but just, just why are we doing this? Why do we, why do we make the switch? Sure. So the motivation behind making this initial switch was primarily to give the best experience possible to our athletes because we know the population here better than any other company could who makes general physical preparedness programming. And what we noticed, especially recently in this current uh, pandemic situation, is that the coaches here were spending a pretty significant amount of time every single week uh, getting the programming when it would come out on Thursday or Friday and having to get together uh, really quickly and inconveniently often and rifle through this programming and readjust it to our population and our equipment limitations. And, you know, this location is working out at the park. This location is working out in the parking lot of the gym. Each gym had a little bit of a different situation and we had to tinker so much with this programming to make it work that we were like, man, we could just, we could do our own in the same amount of time and, uh, and be far more effective. And on that other note is 
I think we haven't actually done the math on this ahead of time, but we have probably more than a couple of decades worth of coaching uh, and educational experience on this coaching staff, which could stand up to <laughs> many of the other uh, programming uh, groups out there. Uh, many of us are level two or above CrossFit coaches. Many of us are certified in numerous other strength and conditioning fields. And there's a couple of bachelor's and more than a few master's degrees in physical uh, uh, human performance and physiology uh, amongst the cohort here. So we felt like we were capable of doing this on our own and, and giving the best possible product to the people we know personally. So we have our why. Um, and now going forward, what can we expect from doing this that's tailored to all of our particular members? Sure. So the goal, right, that general physical preparedness is that statement that gets thrown around a whole lot, um, but was kind of one of the founding principles upon which CrossFit came into the space, and I don't want to give a whole history lesson here, but many people who come to this uh, type of fitness uh, in 2019, 2020 don't have that um, past acknowledgement of knowing the history of this and where it came from. But one of the reasons why CrossFit came in and flipped the tables on the fitness industry is because many people working out are, are looking for, you know, looking better naked kicking ass into their 90s, enjoying time with their kids and family members late into life and having uh, a, a higher quality of life, being able to do things and not be in a nursing home later in life. And one of the problems in the fitness industry for the longest time is everything was very specific to a type of sport. Everything was drawn from sports. Like for instance, almost any regular gym, or as we call them, globo gyms, that you walk into is entirely motivated and designed around the bodybuilding sport profession, right? It's also easy to maintain a business in that instance. You do need a lot of money and equipment, but not, you don't need coaches walking around. And for a very low monthly fee, people can have access to these very simple to operate hard to hurt yourself plate stack machines. But the problem was, is that this is all geared really towards a specific sport, namely bodybuilding in that instance, which does not carry over to enhanced life or these kind of general physical preparedness factors that we talk about. It doesn't make you good at a lot of different things. It, it, it allows you to excel if that sport is your particular interest. But the thing that uh, CrossFit did and came and flipped the tables on was saying, no, well, Here's what we can do instead. Let's try these functional movements that mimic things we do in real life. Let's try to find the most applicable and best result we can get out of one hour of time versus, you know, in the bodybuilding sphere, what they don't tell you is you need to be spending two to three hours in that gym, uh, eating a very specific way and usually dousing your body in steroids at the end of every day in order to be successful. And Again, what CrossFit did was say, okay, how do we get the most, like 90% of these benefits of being an athlete, being fit, being capable, being healthy, and give them to everyday working Americans with kids and a lot of other stuff to do? 
what, how do we boil this down to its most essential parts? And that's where this kernel of, you know, constant variance, relative high intensity and functional movements, which is that definition of CrossFit comes into play. And that is the goal of this programming is really boiling it down to base principles of if you are a, a regular American with, you know, a, a, who's working, who is busy with other things, who, you know, maybe uh, is just looking to get as healthy and happy as possible in their everyday life and have this be their method of doing that, this is going to satisfy that. But what it also allows you to do is if you are interested in competing in something or specializing, it also is the right dosage to give you that beautiful level foundation to then build off of. It's not going to trash you to the point where you're too tired to go to your ultimate Frisbee group or compete in an Olympic weightlifting competition at the end of the month or something like that, because you're so sore, you're so tired, you're so trashed from the volume that you don't have time to practice your specific thing. It need, It's this ready position here in the middle where it can be your only thing, to, to get happy and healthy, but it can also serve as a, as a jumping off point for a more specific sport, if that's your interest as well. So that's a pretty broad expectation of why we would do this. What would a class be like if I were to come to your class? What can I expect in that hour? Yeah, good. So uh, as you'd see in the programming here, the what we did is essentially took we didn't want to reinvent the wheel right this is kind of a return to basics so what's important to note in this programming shift is we are not just inventing this out of whole cloth right even though we may have that the expertise and the education to maybe try to invent something out of whole cloth why not use something that is also proven to work really well and then add our knowledge and experience on top of that so what many people who would look at our lesson plans would note is if you compare it to the example in the you know CrossFit Level 1 handbook, it's pretty much straight out of that. And the methodology in terms of coming into class, getting a well-done whiteboard brief that tells you about what the workout is, the stimulus for it, what can you expect in class today, what the goal is, the timeline for it and then demonstration and scaling of the movements to make sure that everyone is able to get the same kind of workout out of today, followed by a general warm-up and practice time. So it's a great time to get your heart rate up, get you loosened up, get you ready for the workout. Also a time where we might slip in some practice work in getting better in a low stress environment at maybe a more technical skill in the workout that day, followed by the workout of the day. And again, going back to basics, going back to roots, that, that famous quote, be impressed by intensity, not volume, is very, very important. So intensity in what you deliver in that workout, how hard you go at it, is as if not far more important than the total volume that you're doing that day. And this becomes more and more apparent the more workouts a day you do. High volume might seem entertaining at a one to two day a week workout. But if you're working out four or five, many of our members are showing up five, six days a week, super high volume workouts very quickly turn into overuse injuries, bad sleep habits, negative impacts on nutrition and other aspects of a healthy lifestyle. Whereas high intensity or relative intensity in this instance, and 
not to go on a sidetrack, but this often gets misunderstood is intensity does not mean necessarily just heart rate and everything going through the roof. A one rep max deadlift is very intense. The intensity is very high on that because it is a maximal effort and it's only a few seconds long, but that is going to get you a great stimulus, even though it only lasted for a second, right? Then also a 10 K row at your hardest effort for that 10 K that you can manage over that course could also be intense. The, the idea is that whatever that is, it is short relatively and intense so that we get the best bang for our buck without causing all the injuries, overuse injuries and, um, you know, adrenal fatigue and things like that, that comes with high volume workouts. And this is where CrossFit runs afoul or, you know, upsets a lot of people in like the running community and ultra endurance community where people have gotten really hooked on not feeling like they got a good workout if it wasn't an hour long of just constant sweating and things like that, which, you know, every once in a while going long, absolutely important. It is important to train that, that time domain occasionally, but done chronically. And it's the reason I got, I used to compete in endurance and ultra endurance events all the time. And I didn't like what was happening to my body. And I saw the injuries and things that were happening to the competitors that I knew very well around me. And it's why I chose to leave that sport. So again, the workout short and intense and well-delivered followed by a well-designed cool down period where we can, that's where we can add our stretching, our mobility, working on positioning that can then help us in our technique in the next workout. And then also a nice little challenge or um, accessory movement period where we can build on some things. I like to call it, you know, incubation period for movements. There are some movements that we do here that are technical and hard. And the place to learn those movements is not in the heart of a workout, right? The place to do that is either before or after these hard efforts where we can take the time to really focus and improve on our technique, go a little bit slower and concentrate on our movement and get coached on our technique versus when we're heart rates through the roof, we're in the pain cave and we're, we can barely hear, you know, anything other than bowels from the coach generally, who's having to yell at us to just keep us on track with time. That's not the time to learn the second pull in the snatch. The time to learn that is in the warm up and practice or in the cool down period. So we have time to do that now. So that's it. We got a nice whiteboard brief. We got a nice warm up. We got a workout and we have a cool down period. All those pieces are really, really helpful to a good class. And then Chanel, what, what is the benefit to adding in these things, subtracting a few things to the class from what we were doing before? Who does this benefit and, and what is the benefit to them? It benefits everybody. <laughs> um, now it's always good to change things up a little. I think we've been doing the, the programming we were doing for a couple of years, which is good. So you can see long-term how that's improving everybody, but then switching things up to shifting the focus so that you keep things fresh and you can make new improvements in other areas. No, not one program um, is perfect. So it's okay to change it up every now and then to see where the weaknesses were, get stronger in there. Um, yeah. Let, let me augment that and, or ask you, because <laughs> Chanel hates being uh, caught <laughs> off guard with questions, but Grant's talking too darn much. So um, 
let me ask you from a coach's perspective, right? When, when putting on these classes, what have you noticed with, you know, some general examples here of like what the lesson plan and the change in programming has allowed you to do in class versus what might've been a little more challenging for you to do in the previous lesson plan setup? Cause I know you've had, had some experiences with that in terms of being able to give people feedback or improve techniques, something like that. Yeah, so the programming we were using before is very structured. Not that this isn't either. Um, every second was laid out, and some of the ways, like the warm ups with like 10 different movements, 30 seconds at a time, it kept everyone moving. But as a coach, it was harder for me to have a clear mind and just be able to see movement because I was like, what's the next movement I have to give them? When's the 30 seconds up? Um, I like a little more of the structure of this new. We still have a couple movements in the general warm up, but it's maybe like, okay, for five minutes, you're going through these four movements 10 times each. You show them, they know what they're doing, and now you're free to kind of watch around and walk around and watch their movements, see if somebody has an injury that they didn't mention or they're not feeling great, or, you know, even if they're just doing 10 slow air squats and then moving on to some good mornings, you don't have to focus on the time because it's five minutes. You can check it eventually, but it's not 30 seconds. I can watch them and know, like, oh, it looks like. I'm going to have to watch for their heels down today or their depth or something. And then you start catching things in the general warm up. Um, and, and the cool down, uh, people are coming around to liking that extra time to work on technique or accessory stuff. I know we did some um, working up to a 10 rep good morning at the end of a workout the other day. And a lot of people had only done a good, like a band good morning in the warm up. They were like, oh, we can like, do this and add weight to the barbell a little bit and um, you know explaining to them like what that's strengthening and why that was a good complement to the workout we had done that day. Now you, you bring up a really good point in that um, this these kind of periods at, at the beginning and end of the workout offer us a cool opportunity to use accessory movements the way you put it. Uh, that otherwise are not a very good fit generally in a traditional like high intensity workout, right? So the perfect example there was the good morning, right? It is a, not many people, because it's only ever been in, in say the warmups maybe, uh, know that it's actually a barbell movement, right? Power lifters do three rep maxes on good mornings and work up to pretty significant weights, right? It is a very beneficial back and core stability exercise, but it would be dangerous. I'd, I'd go as far as saying dangerous to put weighted good mornings into a, as fast as you can, you know, time or task priority workout where we're going for as many reps as we can get or, or getting through it quickly. It's just not a movement that's meant to be done that way. So that would just be completely off the table if that's all that we were doing. Um, so th this does give the opportunity to train some of those movements, especially once we get back into the gym. And I think that's a caveat as well is many of the benefits to this programming will become readily apparent once we can get back onto the rig, once we can get back into access to like the GHD and a little more ability to get some of these things in there where we can take a little bit of time and practice those gymnastics fundamentals or like say like the GHD hip extensions, back extensions and things like that. Very difficult to work into workouts, but are extremely beneficial to help people. I can't, I can't list 
how many people has have been helped by learning to use their butt, their posterior chain, right? And the GHD is unrivaled in terms of being able to do that. But it's almost impossible to work that into the workout unless you have 10 of them in your gym. And most do not. We have two here in this facility. So at a 10-person, 12-person class, it's impossible to do that. But in a cool down where maybe we have a little circuit where we're spending time at stations, I can get people on that GHD. It's safely (laughs) and reasonably. So we have that opportunity now. Uh, And probably the final point is just with the programming, like you said, having it made in-house with our coaches, we're not spending the extra time adjusting a different program. We're making it and we're making it for our members that we see every day. We know we've seen kind of their strengths and their weaknesses. And even as a coach, it's developing my um, ability to program. Um, which paid, you know, paying for a program can be awesome and can make things easier in one way. But right now we have the opportunity and the time and we get our coaches together and talk about what's best for our members. And we get to kind of exercise that muscle of creating the programming or yeah, just being able to adjust it and make it best for our gym and our members and our coaches. So it's improving my coaching and my programming ability too. That's a really good point. All right. Do you think we hit that, Brandon? I would say so. Uh, there's a couple of things that have extended from that one. And you both kind of answered it a little bit, but I'm curious what is, and let's keep it to one each thing, uh, as both a coach and an athlete, what are you most looking forward to with this? Mm. Good question. Good question. Um, I think maybe I, I might think more of this, but uh, – uh, the gut reaction, the outset is excitement and buy-in is what immediately struck me as you were saying that. Because like right now, one of the additions we've made is filming, right? Because the, the program we used before did have some video link access to it. So it would have little links after things that would just kind of show you and in, in, in a daily like teaching video and things like that that were in there. And so that was a little bit of a gulp moment of like, oh, okay, that's an important resource and we need to meet that and, and help out with that. So what can we do? And so one of the things we have been doing is, is filming individually, each of these workouts, a coach doing it and then giving a whiteboard talk afterwards, which we plug into the beginning of the video discussing, you know, their actual approach and how they went about it, what surprises they had and what suggestions they would have for scaling this, you know, with another group and right there, is a demonstration piece, which is one of the aspects of, of critical to coaching, is members can now see coaches doing these workouts. They know that the coaches are bought in doing this stuff for their own personal fitness and better able to give them advice and scaling because they've gone through it. They felt this workout, not just read it on paper. And so that that is my kind of one thing is just excitement and buy-in, you know. I am 100% invested in this. You know, I'm spending an hour or more putting each of these lesson plans together and making sure double checking the timeline, then testing the workout and making adjustments to the timeline. Anyone who's been on the uh, the Facebook group recently will note in the uploaded docs, there's usually like a edit updates periodically. And that's me going in, you know, Chanel did the workout, we recorded it, and then we realized, wow, that run piece or this part of it took longer or shorter than we thought, or man, that plate pinch carry was ridiculous at that distance. We need to scale that back. So 
the excitement and buy-in from the coaches, I think will trickle down to our members or our athletes because they'll see how much we're invested in doing these workouts and improving our own fitness with them. And then knowing that, you know, these people, these coaches have our best interest in minds and they're doing it, they're getting good results from it. And then they're passing that on to me in terms of, you know, knowledge and wisdom in terms of having done this and, and being able to pass it on to us, I guess, total investment. Right. And continuing off of that is we're programming only a week or two out at a time. So as we see how everybody's reacting and how everybody feels and what the last two weeks look like, we can adjust next week. You know, we can take feedback and we're not, we're not glued to or stuck in a year's worth of like, nope, this is what the programming is for the next year. But like every week we can adjust and make it, make improvements and make it better and make it even more tailored and, and take that feedback. And it's, it's able to be fluid and adjusted on the go. That's nice. Yeah. This is, not to cut in with too much extra, but like this is a very interesting situation that coaches often find themselves in is very similar to, you know, I don't know, I'm not a doctor, but as similar to what I'm sure a doctor has to deal with on a regular basis is there is this intersection that we have to find between what people think they want or want and then what they really need. Because the goal of this going back is healthy, happy, functional people kicking butt into their 90s, right? Whole life health. And as we all know, anybody who's ever tried to clean up their eating or start working out or make some kind of lifestyle change, there are elements to it that are not fun, right? Not all of this is, is a party. And so it's this intersection we have to find between education, inspiration, and uh, entertainment, right? How do we, we know this is right. We know that this is going to make you better. And then, you know, getting you to being able to set the stage for and set, you know, coach you in a way that makes you uh, or, or allows you to enjoy parts of the process <laughs> or get through the painful parts, enjoy the other parts, right? That's what we were commiserating about earlier in the class is, you know, the the coach's ability to, you know, connect with the athletes and make it a really good experience, right? Because I was reflecting on that, the idea of it being fun, right? And when I come to a class or when I'm a attending a gym, CrossFit gyms in the past, it's like the fun comes from my friends, right? I, I'm having fun because I'm going there to meet my best friends who are all the other people at the gym and the coach is awesome. And I love hearing her or him and taking their classes because I learn something new each time. The workout itself is almost always, you know, a pain cave in some aspect because it's intense, right? Uh, intensity is by its almost by its definition not a, a trial. A, a, what am I saying? A skip through the park, right? <laughs> it's always going to be hard. But that uh, that idea that camaraderie, that true like tribal connection, is an intersection between uh, suffering and laughter, right? Every good class has a little bit of that. We, we share some suffering together and then we share some laughter and high fives together. And that's, that's the true magic of it, right? Plenty of change, plenty of new things. So with all the change that opens up a lot of doorways to new things, are there anything that you want to preview that have already been in the works or things that currently operate that are new that we have as a result of this switch? 
uh, one of my favorite parts is adding in our heavy days that are just, it's just a heavy lift. Um, I say just like it's nothing, but it excites me because I come from uh, power lifting and strongman, and it kind of is one of my days to shine on a lot of my previous knowledge and experience. And I think that shows, and I started some really fun conversations with members during our first heavy day. And um, I love the other stuff too. It's just not, it's something I've learned and gotten more comfortable with, but like moving fast and high heart rate is what's hard for me as an athlete and that I had to like get used to. Uh, and I still like coaching those, but it's just fun because I think every coach has their like kind of specialty or their background and their knowledge and experience in and having like a day that's just heavy and then having a day that is fast and light and stuff like that. I think we'll give each coach their day to kind of shine and get to talk. You get to know a little bit about that coach and their background, too. Yeah. And not just coach, but athlete. And I, I want I kind of want to turn this yeah. question over to Brandon a little bit because he did and has done a fantastic job of explaining uh, one of the workouts that he videoed uh, earlier in the week and summing up very, very well this idea that, you know, um, often we can get into this habit, especially because we are transitioning from a programming that had in general more complex workouts. And, and this fallacy can occur where we equate complexity with value, so to speak. Uh, and it's not always necessarily the case. And in many instances, um, in terms of exercise science, in terms of improving performance in something, we need this variance between some workouts that are like complex and long and have a lot of factors to them. And then other workouts that are very simple, like a heavy lift like that, because if that deadlift, for instance, the, the workout you liked, that heavy day deadlift, if that deadlift was mixed in with four other exercises in a metabolic conditioning type of workout, you could never work up to the weight that you had wanted to in that day or could if you exclusively worked on that movement. Or another example would be the snatch. One of the Olympic lifts are great because they're complex. A day that is just working on the snatch, it would be hard to argue that you could get better at technique more in a day that had five or six other movements in it as well versus a day where you're just working on the snatch and everybody would know who's done one that you could easily spend an hour training technique and the snatch and ability and working up to a heavy weight and get a lot out of that. Uh, and some those days need to happen. But anyway, I wanted to turn this over to Brandon just because the other day we did a workout that was just five intervals of a one minute max effort calories on the erg and two minutes of rest. And we did, we got some reactions. People were like, that's it. That's the workout. But as Brandon explains, you can get a lot out of something like that. Uh, simple is, is hard. <laughs> it's, it's really hard. Um, it's never sexy, which is always what everyone wants to do, which, and I get it. It's, it's attractive to the eyes in many ways. So you gravitate towards those things. They look cool. They're fun and they are exciting to do, but uh, the beautiful thing about machines especially are they are simple and they're effective. And typically when you see them pop up, you don't really want to do them because <laughs> you know what they bring. Right. Um, but having the opportunity to pick something like that that is simple allows you to just do that grunt work style of work where you put your head down and don't have to worry about too many other things, but just see what your body is really capable of. When you add in all the other pieces, now it might not be about – whether you 
have the physical ability to do something, but whether you actually have the technique to do the thing. Um, and instead of it being a physical change you're driving, it's more of a technical change, which one can definitely limit the other. So you're going to definitely experience a lot of simplicity with single motions, single modalities, single loads, single distances, and just asking you, can you continue to repeat efforts? Um, also keeping things simple, allow a reference for change and progress. Um, the more variables that you add to an equation, the more opportunities for variance in the results exist. So if we keep things simple, they're much more repeatable. It's much easier to examine how much progress you're making. But if every time we add a new movement to the same workout, it's a different workout entirely and you have no new reference of what to go off of. Um, and if you really want to improve and learn how to get better, keeping things simple makes it easiest to do so. So from a grunt work and a progress standpoint, picking single modalities is really, really helpful. And then also you need to have those days where you go, go really hard and then have those days where you come back off nice and slow and low. And so we're very grateful to have the chance to move back to our space and get our hands on the ERG. And so we definitely want to take advantage of it in every way, every way that we can. Oh, I, I really like that. And um, I think you brought up a really good point in comparing, if we think of the mindset or approach to it, um, of it, it, it's, it's valid that if a workout like that came up and I thought that this was the only time we were ever going to do it, it, it could seem like, well, okay, well, all right, whatever. But if it's in the context of, I know I'm going to retest this thing and I can get competitive with myself, right? This is one of the original, like it, one of the original benefits that CrossFit brought to the workout space of making workouts competitive. And we can shy away from that term sometimes because it gets overblown or taken out of context. And I don't mean a space where like we're pitting members in the workout against each other and really like making it adversarial. Many people just like to compete with themselves, right? If, if I'm doing that ERG uh, workout and I accumulate, I don't know, 124 calories, and then I repeat that workout and I actually have it and I repeat it not two years later when I've completely forgotten about it, but like a month or two later, I can go, okay, I know I got 124 last time. I'm going to get better this time. And you're determined that that creates that. And we have to establish some of these benchmarks first, which again is not super sexy, but it'll pick up in terms of now when this comes around again, you've got a score on the plate and now you can try to beat it. Right. Brandon, you had originally asked me what, you know, we can, what we can kind of preview or look forward to in this. And it, it relates back to the opportunity that was given to us with, with writing our own programming is kind of going back to base principles and, saying, okay, well, we have a lot of newer members and this is an opportunity to go back and input some of those movements that we know can build into more complex movements instead of just hitting the ground sprinting at really complex movements. So many people looking at these programming, especially some of the more experienced athletes, you know, can see some of the 
more simple movements in the workouts right now, but knowing that that is going to progress and build our strength in towards these more complex movements, seeing the complexity build in the uh, practice at the beginning and at the cool down practice at the end areas, and then integrate into the workouts as we go forward, um, we felt was really smart in terms of a getting our athletes, you know, best prepared in that, that principle of getting the mechanics down first, then consistent in the movement and then adding intensity instead of just skipping straight to intensity. And that's when we have to go back and uh, unscrew the, the, the bolts and, you know, fix everything from the ground up again, because the clean looks terrible. Cause we didn't spend the time to go through these initial movements to get ourselves to the place where we can reasonably clean with good technique in a workout. Um, and it's also important right now with the restrictions that we have, the fact that we're working out in a parking lot as a good example, right? The workout today, we did box step ups for a couple of reasons. We're out in a parking lot, there's, you know, gravel and in some cases, broken glass in this parking lot, right? And B, we have not been on boxes in four months. Many of the athletes have not, unless they have a jump box at home, they have not jumped up on a box in a while. And we were able to, by writing our own programming, go, hey, you know what? Why don't we do box step-ups in the workout today and ease our way back towards 24-inch box jumps for the men and 20-inch box jumps for the ladies? Uh, because there's going to be some athletes who are like, oh, yeah, I, I was kicking butt at box jumps four months ago and then eat a mouthful of pavement this morning if they you know, missed that jump, uh, having not done it for that long. So this gives us the opportunity to, to work towards those things. So I'm, I want people to look ahead towards what we can do with this and getting back into the gym eventually and being able to get towards those more complex movements and building a really good foundation of strength and ability uh, in that. And I know Chanel in particular has had a huge amount of experience in this working with other female athletes towards pull-ups, right? You went on this journey with your pull-ups, you know, building up towards five, six, seven, eight strict pull-ups before you started to learn kipping pull-ups. And you've seen nothing but benefit in that area. And by the way, no shoulder aches, pains, no, injuries, <laughs> you know, so this gives us the opportunity to do that with our population instead of, you know, putting out fires as they come up because we're having to go headlong into intensity in these complex movements. People not might not be ready for it yet. Do we get any other questions? The uh, the thing I wanted to ask was kind of a collection of a few of the questions. So going back to the most recent question of things that we can look forward to extending outside of just class, um, Chanel mentioned the powerlifting background. And in case anyone has not heard or seen plenty of times, the mention that you both have strongman backgrounds. The opportunity to one teach people new movements that they haven't experienced before but the opportunities that extend off of people having the ability to do those movements like clinics competitions things like that um, going to an event like that is probably not the place to learn that kind of thing so first allowing them the chance to do them here and they can take those things with them so what would be some opportunities that come from that like what can they learn and where can they go with that yeah i totally didn't even think about that we had the uh atlas carry today in a workout and we've thrown in like the fusifel carry and yeah that is something fun with doing our own programming 
at least for Grant and I coming from the strongman is those are movements that you don't see a whole lot in cro regular CrossFit uh, programming every now and then, but not as much, but we're able to throw fun little things in like that to teach people a new sport. And if they really like it, and sometimes that clicks a light bulb for some people who might not have known about strongman or only thought it was for like the really tall, really big guys that you see on TV with those stones, but strongman, anyone can do it. You just change the load and um, the movements are really cool. And they're similar to a lot of the movements you do in CrossFit already. Um, what's the ground overhead called where you stop at your belly? Oh, the, the, cat, axle bar? the continental the clean. Continental clean. Yeah. yeah. Um, using an axle bar, doing a heavy continental clean um, just switches up the clean that they already know. And you can add heavier weight or maybe they've never touched an axle bar versus the barbell before. And then um, finding competitions around to either go watch or to apply as novice and try out and play those new sports and compete in different events. Yeah, I think it, it, very interesting um, point here. And going back to kind of what we had talked about right at the beginning of the podcast in terms of like what it, this is for, um, the the idea of the programming being that stealing from medicine, that minimum effective dose uh, being the stimulus that's needed to get the effect that we want um, without going overboard and overdosing us, right? And the opportunity that that provides us is a, the, like I said, the people who are just looking to be happy, healthy, and kick butt into their old age, that's going to be effective for them. And then the people who are like, no, I want my training to be for something. I love the idea of competing. It motivates me. Like I'm in that category. Like if I don't have a competition I'm signed up for, my, my training gets a little stale. You know, I like to have something, even if I have no intention of winning a strongman competition, it's just not in my DNA. It's never going to happen. But I love working towards a goal and having it on the calendar and the thrill of being there. And it, it just motivates my training. And so having a minimum effective dose type of programming allows me to also train, you know, competition specific movements in addition during the week without overtraining, you know, and Chanel will tell you, I've got the, <laughs> I've got the genetic makeup to overtrain. Like I'm set up for it. It's in my kind of nature to go overboard with some of that stuff. And so I have to be very careful in designing you know, uh, workouts and things so that I'm not constantly like ha having a week where I'm going all out and then a week where I'm taking naps all the time because I've completely destroyed my central nervous system, that kind of stuff. So um, going back, it, we live in an interesting time. You know, it wasn't that long ago that playing sport and being active in something and, and little competitions, even just pick up football games with a group of people that you knew in a park was pretty normal. You know, it goes back to, you know, ancient Greek and, and Roman kind of stuff for even, you know, sport in general was practice for war, right? Which was way more common, but uh, it, 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 training and physical activity was for something and competition. I try, I do, com we communicate this to our personal training clients quite a bit and it's inherent in CrossFit a lot is that competition does not entail that you have to be amazing at it, Right many of these especially strength sports because they're so small this isn't nfl this isn't the nba this isn't pga uh stuff this is you know there's a strongman uh powerlifting kettlebell sport uh gymnastics even um and olympic, olympic weightlifting they're they're very small and and local 
and things like that. It's very similar to like supporting local business or, or local farmers or something like that. These are little groups of people in towns around where you're at. And every experience we've had, especially in the strongman community that we're familiar with, you go to a competition and you're terrified because you don't think of yourself as a strong man. I still don't. I, I don't. But every competition we've been to, everyone is stoked to see new people. Everyone's super welcoming and really happy. And almost everyone is in that same boat. You go to these competitions, everyone's got a full-time job outside of this. This is the thing they do for fun uh, occasionally. And being able to pull from these sports and, and do this kind of stuff, you see this all the time. And, and watching videos, I was just geeking out on kettlebell sport a month for the last month. And when I watch videos, very similar to Strongman, you watch the competitions, most of the people in the crowd and on the platform are wearing affiliate t-shirts, right? The sport of CrossFit and the general physical preparedness, that baseline of it, not, not necessarily the sport of CrossFit, but that baseline idea of general physical preparedness gets you to where you pretty good at most things and you're able to do stuff like, hey, maybe I want to try a strongman competition this weekend. Or maybe I want to go and give this kettlebell sport thing a try. And you can practice it and in a relatively short period of time, get yourself to where you could go to a novice. You could enter in the novice category at one of these things and go up and have a fun time. No one no one cares if you win or not. And you, know, you set your own personal expectation there. But you could go and have a fun time, not get hurt, and no one will laugh at you. Everyone's super happy for you to be there. And for many people, that's a, finding a hobby, right? A physical hobby is a, a really important thing to have and a positive thing in your life to work towards. And so this kind of general, I know I've said it 15 times now, but general physical preparedness, <laughs> it's a fun little phrase, but that allows you the ability to do something like that. And I, I think that's fun. And we can pull from these different, that's where CrossFit came from. There's, that's the reason this gym has barbells in it which is from a totally different sport than the rings or the rig and the ski erg or the, the rower. Those are all from different sports. Uh, we've pulled them all together because they're effective exercises. And uh, that's what we can keep doing with other sports. Cool. All right, everybody. So we want to do another uh, section of this, like I said, when, uh, one of our most excellent head coaches, Callie is able to be with us here and we're going to keep collecting questions and observations and feedback from the programming and the workouts as we go forward. But what we're hoping is that this answered some questions for people, gave a little context behind what we're doing. And for those of you out there in the community who may be considering doing your own programming, or are experiencing a switch like this right now, hopefully this helps uh, give you a little context that you're you know, maybe not the only person experiencing these problems or gives you an idea of whether you want to go through this process or not. Um, but we hope that it was helpful and we'll look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thank you for listening to the United by Strength podcast. We hope that you enjoyed the information that we were able to put out today. Please take from it what you want and leave what you don't. If you have feedback for us, please send it to unitedbystrengthpodcast at gmail.com. Please leave us a review if you have the time. It really helps people find the podcast and allows us to grow our base of listeners. 